Said I woke up to the summer shining through Calling on my friends asking what's the move Feeling a little different I'm on something new Welcome to Lady BizWiz where we help you focus, execute, and get results as you take your business from concept to market. This is the day that the Lord has made. Well, good morning. We are here this morning with Victoria Baylor, and welcome, Victoria. Thank you, Rebecca. It's nice to be here. Um, I, it's been really fun having different guests on the podcast, and I'm just always amazed at, at what a what a wealth of incredible women we have in, in this town who do all kinds of interesting things. And so I'm excited to, um, to highlight your business today and have you train us a little bit on our mindset. Cause I know I could use some help in that. You talked about the six inches between your ears oh, Lord. <laughs> that we all struggle with. So just first of all, tell us a little bit about how you work with clients and, and maybe a little bit about how, what, what got you into this field to begin with? Well, that is a loaded question. I think sometimes, you know, the best things in life, I feel like I had a lot of guy wink moments in my life. So to feel, you know, to kind of get me to this place. But, you know, if I had to tell you the real story, it goes back to when I was eight years old and I was uh, decided at that time I saw something on TV and I decided that um, actually I saw Jacques Cousteau. I remember seeing his little red hat and he's a famed marine biologist, oceanographer. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's what I want to do. And, you know, when people say there's a thing as love at first sight, I always like to joke. I've been with my husband for 25 years and love the man. I mean, he's my best friend, but we did not have love at first sight. It was actually <laughs> a little bit of a little detest when I first met him. But that's a whole nother entertaining story. Um, but with my career choice at that time, it was. So at eight, like that's very young to be hit with a bolt of lightning and say, OK, this is what I want to do. So I had tunnel vision. Like I went, I boomed through school. I always loved school. Was a very good student. Uh, you know, graduated high honors in high school. Uh, went on to college. Came to Savannah. That's how I got here to take um, on marine biology at Savannah State University, and that was wonderful. I mean, you know, I graduated top of my class there too. And then while you know working twenty hours a week doing research and immersing other people's amazing projects and being able to travel and do all these cool stuff, you know, snowmobile in Alaska and. Uh, you know, dig up dirt and bacteria in Belize and all that kind of stuff. And it all seemed like it was going great. To answer your question, like, how did I get here? It was going great until. Mm. So 15 years in, uh, something just kind of hit me that, okay, well, this has been great, but what's next? And I think that was the, when it got a little bit um, problematic for me because I realized as a coach now just like most women or a lot of women experience that I had spent my entire life defining my identity by this role that I lost who I was as a person. Mm. I had no context for me. So long story short, that's actually what started my journey into, you know, self-development really because I'm a very analytical and kind of research driven person. And I solve problems and I understand people issues all skills I didn't even know I really had, I started using those and actually developed my program to actually, you know, get women out of the space of loss of identity and really uncovering their true identity. And my TEDx talk is based on that. You are who you are, not what you do. So to answer your question, I got to this place because I had an identity crisis. I always like to say that was probably maybe more people should have those um, mm, <laughs> in the true. best way possible. 
Um, and then I uncovered really, truly who I was, the characteristics, traits, capabilities, and that shifted my life dramatically. And I understand that my purpose and calling is to really help women walk that really precarious path to really answering the question, who am I? What do I want? How do I go for it? Mm. So many women spend a lot of time having other people tell them who they are, what they want, and what they can have and what they can't have. And then I also work with organizational leaders, kind of developing also a strong mindset event around outcomes, such as positive communication, team building, developing soft skills. Everything that we want in life starts by having a really strong mindset. And, and in order to do that, we have to face some of the challenges and issues that we are dealing with within, such as, you know, confidence issues, low self-esteem, um, you know, being self-conscious, self-doubt, things like that can become blocks that keep us from moving forward. So I, I gently help people navigate those and get over those. Gently. I like that. Yeah. I'm sure you, it takes a lot of gentleness and a lot of compassion yeah, to work yeah. with people in these areas. Oh, such good stuff here, Victoria. I, I, don't, even know where, I don't even know where to start. There's <laughs> so many good things. I hope it wasn't too much. No, it's like, a lot. It's a lot of really good things. Questions. So you, so, okay. So you left the field of marine biology uh, uh, research science. Yes. Research science. ecology research. I left that field. And, and that's when you had that. You, that's when you're like, well, who am I? Because I, since I was eight, I've been, I've had this sort of single tunnel vision, single minded goal. And so it, it kind of started you on your own self-development process, looking inward, trying to figure out, well, who, who am I apart from this particular identity? Who, who am I really? And what you found was that you had these skills to these analytical skills, which probably also helped you in, in the field of science and research to to then focus on on developing people absolutely and the thing i love to tell my clients is we all come into this world with a suitcase full of capabilities and and strengths and oftentimes we don't unpack them and we really get caught in the trap of once we end up in an area where it actually starts to use those we think that oh that's what i meant to be that's the role mm. but what we don't realize is that suitcase is transferable and you can take that from place to place and if you're smart you can really leverage that so you can end up in areas where you're using the best of what you have to offer to gain and benefit yourself and other people but what oftentimes happens is there's a little bit of reservation between looking what's in there because we're expecting other people to say no 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 you can't you can't be an artist mm. no no you need to go and do this this is what you're made for and then people are like oh okay and they just never open it and they never look within and I believe just like the most precious jewels on the planet, I can't walk into my driveway and find a diamond. It's just not going to happen. Things that are value have to be dug up. They're deep within. The same thing exists for us as people. And I think we get the hints of them every day. You know, when I was a teenager in high school and people would always stop and ask me for like advice or if they were dealing with something heavy, I've always had this way of calming people or bringing like calmness to chaos. And I think we have these characteristics and we don't know where they come from. And then we get so inner confused and conflicted. And we're like, I'm never going to do that again. I'm not going to help people because every time I help someone, things go wrong. And we don't realize that there is the things that oftentimes are our greatest strengths can easily morph into our greatest weakness if we don't know how to control those. So once again, it always comes back to that self-knowledge, knowing who you are, knowing what you're equipped to do, being okay with exploring that, taking the risks sometimes that is necessary because we can't always determine outcomes, but being able to bet on ourselves and having that kind of confidence is what really moves people forward. And then having that openness to deal with other people that are so different from us that we can learn so much from. I mean, I think that just really kind of enriches our experiences as people. 
our self-satisfaction and then our appreciation for everyone else. And I know that was like a whole thousand themes there, but right. (laughs) So you, you talk about, um, I noticed on your website, you know, you talk, you're focused on, um, mindset and clarity. Those are two of, I want to sort of focus on those. Cause I know we could go a million places with, with what you do and the ways that you help clients, but let's start with, with mindset. Just explain to me a little bit about, I mean, I, I just know off the top of my head, you know, the, what, what mindset mean, but what, what does it mean to you in the context of coaching? Sure. Sure. And I forgot to say, yeah, I do have a company. It's clarity for high performance LLC. I was like, I totally didn't mention that. And it is focused on mindset and clarity and mindset is pretty simple. So if you think about it, it's your um, beliefs, attitudes, and thoughts. It's like a collectiveness of it. You know, if we sliced over in someone's brain, I'm not going to find your memories from when you got married and gave birth to your child. Like all of those exist in our mind. And what most people don't realize is we have like three components of our minds. We have the conscious part, we have the subconscious part, and then we have an unconscious part. Now, I don't mess with the unconscious part. That's like where therapists, that's where sometimes people store memories they don't even realize they have. But the subconscious part, believe it or not, controls majorly what our actions are each and every day. So most people don't realize if I ask them, what percentage of your, your thinking is conscious versus subconscious? I have no idea. So go just go ahead and tell me. Yeah. So most people are like, oh, it's 60-40. Like, I know what I'm thinking about. I'm good. You know, and there's some subconscious things that are there and I don't know that's there. That's fine. But it's actually 5% to 95%. 5% 5% conscious. Conscious. 95% subconscious. Yeah. Now, subconscious is where, like, things like ads come in, right? Like commercial ads, advertising. I know that they work a lot on the subconscious. Is that right? Absolutely right. A lot of subliminal messages, uh, things like metaphors, pictures, because they can bypass your conscious thinking, things you're aware of and really hit you on an emotional scale Mm. and then, you know, kind of evoke your actions. But to make this really simple, your subconscious part really is like your behavior, your habits, your beliefs. So just those three words alone, if something is off in your behavior, your habits, your just your belief system. So if you're deciding to, in business, I want to, you know, be the CEO of a company and you're struggling with that belief wise and you're doing all the necessary things, but you're wondering like, why is it not panning out? Why can't I ever get traction? Most people will go on and do more of things. Well, maybe I get another degree. Maybe mm-hmm. if I hire this person and they don't consult, what's my belief system? What do I believe about myself? And I don't know about you, but for me, for years, I was externally successful, but I harbored some internal, like, beliefs that were out of alignment. Like, you know, okay, maybe you're not smart enough. You're in a, you know, with all these people that know all this stuff you don't know. I mean, who cares? But sometimes we get in situations, we start to believe this negative stuff about ourselves, and it doesn't matter what we try to do, it starts to self-sabotage. And we can't really, we can't really outlive our belief systems, can we? Oh my gosh, you can't outrun those at all. You, you can't, can't trick you yourself. You can't live beyond whatever you believe about yourself at, at the core level. I totally, I mean, that's well said. I think it's probably the best way to say it. You're absolutely right. Your beliefs are pretty much going to become that ceiling. So even if I'm out there and some for some reason I've achieved a level of success, there's still going to be this there's still going to be this undercurrent of, well, it's probably going to fall apart or it probably will fall apart at some point if you don't believe you deserved it or you, you're worthy of it. I love that you said that because I was working with a client that she had, uh, she worked for a few Fortune 500 companies. I mean, they would hire her in a heartbeat, fly her all the place. She was an amazing uh, motivational speaker, uh, pitch master, all this other stuff. And when I asked her the simple question of, okay, so why did they hire you? Why are people picking you? She couldn't answer that. 
because her self-belief was that she really didn't have anything that was that unique or, you know, so she always looked at the pick as being like almost like a, a pity move or they're doing it because of, you know, you, you appear this way. And that whole imposter syndrome totally took over. And the imposter right. syndrome is, okay, one day someone's going to find me out. I'm going to keep doing it, but I know deep down inside, I probably don't deserve to be here. Right. So you're absolutely right. There's such a disconnect. Even when people are highly successful, you can't oftentimes tell what's really going on in them. And then that's why a lot of people overwork. Um, and everyone else translate that as, oh, my gosh, look at Rebecca. She is amazing. Like, And then, you know, I know for me, when I had, like, <laughs> a breakdown, I was doing too much. Mm. And I had no way of telling myself I was doing too much because I believed as a woman I should be able to hold down a family. I should have a spick and span house. I should be able to have a side job business. Oh, and then there's a little third side hustle. Let's do that too. And just falling apart at the seams. But my right. beliefs can drive you to, or anyone's beliefs can drive them to the brink before they can actually uh, realize what's happening. So when do people come to you? Is it when they, there's some disconnect in their life between, um, maybe, is it more often that they're not seeing the success they want and they're trying to dig, dig down into the toolbox or figure out what the suitcase is and where, and, and what's going on with that, with all, all that stuff inside? That's a good question. Um, people usually come to me. I had someone come just uh, two days ago. I think they're usually exhausted by that point. Um, they realize that they're either not showing up, you know, they're having major issues they can't get past, like communication issues. They don't know how to talk about the business they're in, and they really want to get something done, like whether it's start a nonprofit, start a business, create a relationship. But they're like, every time I show up, I always buckle under fear. Or every time I try to go to a networking event, I like hang in the corner. They notice like this repeating activity, but they can't figure out like how to fix it. So most, more than likely, people come to me when they're, they're at a certain place, there's where they want to be, and then there's a gap between knowing how to get there. And that's where I help kind of create that clarity and help them shift in their mindset to attain the goal. So okay, we're definitely so you, always forward focused. So you mentioned, and I know the difference, again, between life coaching and therapy is, you know, you're helping people move forward, whereas a lot of times therapists are taking you back into some of those early events that happened that maybe were traumatizing or the, the, the subconscious, what, like the, what do they call it, the reptilian brain, the early yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned clarity. How does clarity relate to mindset? How is it different from mindset? Well, mindset really focuses on our thinking patterns. Okay. And clarity is kind of a little bit of a, it's a little bit of an offshoot from that. Clarity is just about clearing the way that you see things and helping people get clear on like their desires, what they want. So pretty much any type of coaching really is mindset coaching. You have right. to attack the way people are believing. And but then you I, have to also figure out what do you want? Why are you here? Yeah. What do you, what is it you want and how can I help you get there? Absolutely. But with my type of coaching, because I have expertise in NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, that's pretty much like the language of the mind. Like what language do, does Rebecca speak? Your language is a lot different from mine. How do you see the world? How do you interpret the world? So I take more of a slant of that internal dynamic, like helping you understand your own internal environment and based on like really getting things kind of easier for you to understand, we add a layer of clarity. So we start with kind of creating some... Um, how shall I say, uh, 
it's like a tangled ball of yarn. I mean, you really don't know, like, where, how do I attack this? Where's the beginning? Where's the end? Like, first of all, we have to untangle it, and then we can figure out, okay, what do we want to do with the yarn later? So, right? So there's the untangling, which is that mindset part, and then the clarity part is that getting real clear on where do you want to go? What do you have? What tools do you have to get you there? How do you want to do it? Uh, what could potentially be a challenge for you? Uh, what are some of the blocks you naturally sometimes find are reoccurring? So I always love the inner workings of people because um, if you can align that, you find you have no problem. It's funny, I had a client the other day, she said, uh, she, we've been working together for about 13 weeks, and she said, I noticed that we never talked about my problem that I came here for. We never talked about it. And I told her, I said, your problem wasn't the issue. Mm. It was a, it was a um, symptom. Your real problem is the internal stuff. And it's so amazing to watch someone like, change week to week to week. I'm a laser coach. I'm really fast at doing what I'm you know, able to do. I always say there's not a challenge with coaching someone if you know where to look to mm. find the challenges. But it's just really about changing the way people see themselves and their capabilities. And if you can change that, their actions are going to automatically follow. That's so great. Yeah. Love that. I, I really like that you, you talked about the suitcase. Um, I, I was listening to a speaker one time and she talked about how, you know, we each have a gift and it, it may be more than one gift. Some people are super gifted, um, but that gift is like a, is like a, uh, it, it's unchangeable, but there's different containers that the gift can be held in. Like, you know, you might start out as, you know, I don't know, a writer, and then you may end up taking that communication gift of becoming a speaker and you might take that gift and you might use it in a ministry somewhere, you know? So the gift, the gift is, is like you said, it's who you are. It's what's in your suitcase, but it can have many different expressions. Um, is, is, do you feel like one of your jobs as a coach is to say, okay, how do we identify what, what is that gift? Like you said, that you were that suitcase that you were born with and are people often in touch with that or are women sometimes like, Oh, I don't have any gifts or I don't, there, there's nothing. I mean, do you find that sort of lack of confidence with what, what is, what am I good at? Absolutely. Because you, the human condition, well, I guess maybe it's just a way we think. We usually think that the thing that is easiest or comes easiest to us gets discredited. We don't really see that as a gift. That's so interesting. Wow. That's, yeah, that blows so my mind. we discredit the very gift yeah. that Be we have. Like because it comes easy. So you mm. think that, I know for me, I always thought like, oh, anybody can do that. Everybody, everybody has the potential and it's not when you start, that's one of the first things I start working with clients. It's one of my biggest questions. I said, do you think everybody could do that? And when they stop thinking, they're like, and it's not so much that other people can't do a part of what we do. They don't have the combination of gifts. That's the trick. That is the trick. It's the combination in which you have. And that combination I believe is a blueprint to purpose so for me, it's really easy to see the bent of someone's purpose based on the combination of their gifts. Again, I'm very analytical, and that's like my God-given superpower. I can, I can almost sniff someone's gift. If I have a conversation, it's really weird. I can like have a conversation with them, and like the hairs will start standing up, and I'm like, oh my God, like because you can feel it. It comes on so strong. But the worst place to be is the person carrying all that goodness and not know it. Mm. And I've been there. I did that for years. The minimization, the limiting beliefs, you know, this is not important. What does this matter to someone else? Um, even now, sometimes, every once in a while, I have to remind myself. It's like, because we forget it comes natural. I was talking to someone the other day, and she walked away, and she was like, wait, we had a prayer meeting at church or whatever, and I'm on the prayer team. And um, we had a conversation, and she walked away, and she was like, I feel like I lost weight. 
And it took me a second because I didn't, sometimes we don't realize the power of using our gifts with other people. And I realized that just letting her have space to talk about the things and validating her pain allowed her to depressurize. That's a gift. Mm. And I think sometimes we say, okay, you know, I can bake cookies. I mean, anybody can do that and I can do this, but it's like, how do you do it? That's so unique to you. Maybe it's the smile that you offer and then your unique recipe and the way you make people feel when we, you exchange, mm. we minimize all the nuances of the things that really are highly impactful. I think so much of it too is, it's how our culture views certain things. I mean, we, we, we value in our culture certain things, such That's as, true. you know, we value enter- entertainers and athletes and Hollywood stars, and we, we place different values and different, Im- you know, we have images of certain careers even, you know, like people, see, I was just reading about, you know, nurses are one of the most trusted professions. We just have ideas about certain activities, careers, et cetera. Very true. And I think a lot of times we assimilate those as being less valuable if the general public doesn't see it as valuable. But like you said, it's the impact that can't be measured. And one time I remember, I just, I really, I really feel like money can be a devaluing system, honestly. Very true. Because, Very true. yeah, there really isn't a lot of equity in how money is given out in our society. I mean, you think about mothers and teachers and someone who, who volunteers or bakes, I mean, you know, there, there's so many things that create impact that aren't, that aren't rewarded with monetarily. I totally agree. I mean, I think mothers and like nurses and doctors, especially with COVID, those should have been some of the highest paid people. Um, if you really kind of calculate what individuals do, especially in those roles. So you're absolutely right. If you really base your worth off of like the external kind of factors or the way other people see it, you're really going to be thrown off. And I think that's why it's so important to have us have, there's a terminology called congruency, like having that internal congruency to know that, okay, I'm living out my purpose. What I'm doing is highly impactful. I can't do it the way anybody else. I can't be another Rebecca. Like Mm -hmm. Rebecca is amazing like herself, but I can be the most amazing Victoria. And then having the confidence in that and then not just using those one or two tools, you know, understanding that there's other parts to yourself. That for me is always the reward is when I work with someone is they can notice like one or two things, but then we pull out so many other elements and they're like, oh my God, I didn't know I had all that. And it just changes the confidence in the way they show up and what they decide they deserve and what they ask for. And I had one client, she was very well paid and she worked at a company and they were doing a merger. So that was starting to mess with like her, oh, you know, she was feeling a little bit like less confident. She was like, well, what, you know, why do I have me here? And she just had some kind of internal uprising. And after we worked together for four sessions and really got her in alignment with, okay, her identity and the value she brings to the table, that word you said there, not from like a external perception but her understanding her own value and the potential for that Mm. because that there's potential attached to that she went in and asked her boss now she was already well paid she went and asked him for a twenty thousand dollar raise and he just like looked at her he said okay like he was very calm about it and like she like contacted me and was panicked she's like oh my god I can't believe he just it was no fuss no whatever and I was also equally calm and I said he always knew your value Mm. you didn't know your value. Wow. That's a game changer. And I feel like the potential we all have with the gifts that God's given us to actually go out and do some amazing things. Once that fire gets ignited, I mean, that's the name, that's the game right there, but it's stoking that fire that sometimes can be challenging. 
Thank you for joining us today on Lady Bizwiz. Tune in next week as we finish up this important conversation with Victoria Baylor on mindset, clarity, and finding your way forward out of self-defeating thoughts and behaviors. We hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time. You get new kicks, bell ringing on the last day of singing, yeah. High-fiving everybody, but we out of here.